an iconic trio is plucked from obscurity and becomes the most famous people in the world in order to stop an evil something? And no, we're not talking about any of those famous Star Wars trios. This week, we're covering the most jerkin' movie of 2001, Josie and the Pussycats. How Star Wars is it? Well, hello there, Mike. Hi, Josiah. What is this? Our show. It is. <laughs> this is. This is how Star Wars is it. This is and Mike we... and Josiah, and we uh-huh. are the hosts of the only podcast called How Star Wars Is It. And the only podcast. And this is the show <laughs> where we rate things on a scale of one to ten, but not of how good they are, but of how Star Wars they are. Yes, and this, this to me, just to get ahead of this before we really crack into the episode... This mm-hmm. is sort of a spiritual successor to our other famous episode that almost spun off into a network of shows unto itself, Rat yes. Race. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my God, this Mike, I'm glad you said this because- very Rat Race adjacent movie, this and is we're very excited to talk about it. Absolutely Rat Race adjacent for more reasons than one. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit, probably. Uh, and this, hey guys and listeners, this is the first episode we're recording post me getting sinus surgery, so- I'm and maybe still... post election. <laughs> and post election, maybe like we banked a whole shitload of episodes. We did. No, I guess that's not true. We did, but but uh, so it is I'm... the first episode we recorded post Biden winning. It's true. That's also true. <laughs> With the Electoral College Just actually voting. But so uh, if I'm a little stuffy sounding, it's because I am still recovering and I apologize if that is true, but hopefully everything sounds good. And uh, why are we doing Josie and the Pussycats? Well, I'm glad mm. you asked because we have a, a, a good friend and a guest on the podcast <gasps> today who who uh, requested we cover this. So without further ado, please welcome uh, uh, what we got, composer, lyricist. Um, amazing musician, just sexy guy, really beautiful smile and face and beard. Uh, Dave Reddick. <laughs> Happy to be here. I'm honestly longtime listener, hey. first time caller, super stoked. <laughs> Very excited to have um, you, Dave. Lis- listeners will be aware of Dave from uh, providing the fart sounds in the poop nose song that played during GI Hard on the Die Hard episode. That is, of course, unless you fast forwarded through us talking about our. <laughs> Our gastrointestinal, our gastrointestinal problems. <laughs> and yes, uh, Dave uh, and uh, former guest of the show, friend of the show, Ethan Krupp, uh, uh, musical writing duo uh, yes. to the extreme, created a, a bunch of amazing musicals that if you're in the Chicago area, you might have heard or seen, or if you're online. Mm. But uh, Dave, and I actually have something I want to bring up to Dave uh, as we <laughs> sort of introduce him and give his credits and everything. <laughs> So, Dave, you wanted to talk about Josie and the Pussycats. You you were you won the one that wanted to talk about this movie. So, yes. And let me just preface why, uh, just to do a quick bit of nostalgia. Um, mm-hmm. This is the last movie I saw before I moved to California, or moved from California to St. Louis. So it was mm. like the last thing we saw. This was pre-9-11. It was the summer of 2001. Stuff was wild. We, you know, didn't have terrorism or anything yet. Um, but so I yes. go to see this movie with, like, my two best friends in the world, um, Pete and Fred, who are twins, which I don't know, that seems relevant, but um, go to see this movie at the mall, and I just remember being like overwhelmed 
being like 12 years old and hearing like pop punk for like the first time really (laughs) and then like you know like when you hear pop punk for the first time like it just overwhelms you and then this was actually the first record i ever bought (laughs) i went to warehouse music with a gift card i got for my birthday and purchased Josie and the Pussycats, the soundtrack That's for so fifteen dollars back in two thousand one, because the record industry was so corrupt back then. Oh so, my god! That's, That's so wild. And and I amazing. know, obviously, we are close, and I know that you are quite a pop punk aficionado. So it's really yes. lovely to be a witness now to what what started it all. <laughs> that's that's what one of the things I was going to say is because Dave, some of the conversations we we've had specifically on some of those anarchy trips. Uh, where we went to like some some festivals and stuff were about like pop punk and punk in general and so I was excited to cover this movie just in general because I knew that you are very knowledgeable about just like pop punk and punk and just music in general you've got a a, a breadth of knowledge that that I'm very excited to pick your brain about with this movie um, <laughs> well and while we're talking about Josie and the Pussycats journey I actually told my parents what we were recording about and it really threw them back because my mom was like, I used to watch that on Saturday morning like cartoons. Like the Hanna-Barbera, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she pulled up, we pulled up an episode of the, oh. of the one season of 16 episodes. There's only one season and they just ran reruns for forever. Man, that is wild. That's <laughs> yeah. like, I, I'm trying to think of other shows that are iconic that had one season. Obviously Archie comics like helped. Yeah keep that thing alive but like what other i feel like there is at least one or two other shows out there that it's just like everyone knows about and it only lasted for like five minutes and the comic so the comic was long running and super popular and my mom had read those too but then she was like talking about the 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 show was the thing that she remembered so we watched like the first episode and it's such a classic like 1969 like 1970 uh, Hanna Barbera cartoon. It feels mm-hmm. like Scooby Doo because that mm-hmm. that show is more Scooby Doo than it is with the comic and like the movie is more based on the comic than the show. Mm. Um, but I never saw the movie and I was talking to my parents about it because it, it came out during this during the time where I I wasn't thirteen yet, so I couldn't watch it because it's PG thirteen. Oh man, I, I have a whole <laughs> note that's just about this. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing it to rent at like the 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 rental the video rental store the video stop the one we went to near near our house the local one. And I remember seeing the cover and being like, I can't watch that. Oh, my God. You are, like, <laughs> quoting verbatim my note right now. Because, I wrote... Because... <laughs> go, no, go ahead. I was like, there's three pretty girls on the front. Yes. And, like... <laughs> Uh, and and I don't know if they're edgy. They look edgy, and I don't know if there's actually cleavage or anything. But like in my <laughs> mind, I remember being like, "That one's." If I cannot even ask to rent that, because my parents will right. know that I like boobs, and yes. I cannot yes. have that happen. That's exactly where my head was. I said, first of all, as a kid, I perceived this movie to be very edgy and dangerous yeah. because I was a good little boy who didn't watch PG-13 movies, unless, of course. The PG-13 rating came from violence. Yes. Like Lord of the Rings. But if I knew, (laughs) basically, if the cover of the movie was like black or silver and it was PG-13, you're good. But if it's white, that means it's a comedy. And if if a movie is PG-13 because it's a comedy, that means there's filthy jokes in there. Mm -hmm. And those like sexy low-rise pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I just like looking at the cover today, I was like, boy, oh boy, weird that I am almost 30 and there is something still in me that's like, this is like for the bad kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a sense of shame from like 2001 that's like, yeah. careful, careful. Don't let your parents see you looking at this. Yeah, man. Okay. 
But anyway, like, that's sort of the, I so, guess, like, our perceptions as kids. Dave Mike, was, we was a lucky it. person to be able to see it. And then Josiah and I both watched it for the first time in the yes. last 48 hours. <laughs> and I want you guys both to know that my girlfriend is very mad at me now because I told her we were watching it. And she was like, no, I want to watch that with you. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> and, like, she was the, she was one of the, like, you know, sort of, because they, they marketed this movie poorly towards sort of, like, kids and, like, girls, even though it's, like, a funny satire about yeah. like the music industry and consumerism, but she loved it and she loved the soundtrack. And so she was very mad at me um, because now I've, I saw it without her, but um, I guys, I fucking love this flick. It was great. <laughs> it's amazing. It is a sleeper. It did terribly at the box office. Um, Roger Ebert hated it. Even though he loved epi- <laughs> he loved episode one of the Phantom Menace. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, sure right. Did. I I don't know how much I trust him just because of that very fact. <laughs> exactly. It's I mean it's ludicrous. But like so actually one thing I'm I'm gonna be a dick for a second just to correct you Josiah. Um, there was mm-hmm. one season of Josie and the Pussycats the cartoon, but they also had uh, Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. Yes, yes. From seventy three <laughs> to seventy four. Um, so just want to make sure we clear the record on that. Right. So there's two seasons of that is different. So funny. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a reboot or whatever or a yes. revival. I so okay. Um, I also loved this movie. I loved it for what it is, what it is trying to be. I also loved it because, like I said, I'm almost thirty and it is 2020. Yeah. I'm not sure if if it were 2001, a I would be 11 or mm-hmm. 10. Uh, I don't think the 10-year-old me would have really grasped the satire, which, of course, is hilarious because it's beating you over the head. <laughs> it's but so like, funny. So I don't know if, if the... If the uh, we'll, we'll cover the satire in a second, but I don't know if it's that the satire managed to age like a fine wine or if I'm just older and I knew that this movie was sort of camp and mm-hmm. very of its moment. But regardless, I also had a fucking blast. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the thing I was, I was doing some research on it because I was so interested after watching it. And the thing I kept seeing was people being like, it was ahead of its time. And I really agree with that because it feels (laughs) like it could have come out now as a period piece about 2001, (laughs) you know? And like it, it, the, the, the satire of this movie, this movie is so anti-consumerist and so anti like corporation, anti-conglomerate of like that sort of. Uh, mass-produced pop music like it's anti all of that and for those of you who haven't seen it the way it does that is by like shoving brands in your face constantly like there's not a single shot almost (laughs) where there's not just a brand name on the screen and at first i was i was confused by that because yeah me too the du jour plane i was was target why are all the target logos (laughs) in the plane they you would think they'd be on the outside of the plane <laughs> it was dave did, did that do anything do anything for you as a kid or were you mostly just like hell yeah this music rules yeah that's a good question <laughs> i'm interested what it was you like thought at that age because i know my my instinct would probably be these girls are really cute and this music is really fun and that would be the extent yeah. of how I like understood the movie. Yeah, no, definitely the latter. Um, I, I, I think <laughs> Rosario Dawson definitely awakened something in me because this is really like oh. America's introduction to Rosario Dawson yeah. too, uh-huh. which is huge. Um, but it's funny on the sort of brand stuff, like again, to go back to Roger Ebert's, you know, poor review of Josie and the Pussycats, he didn't realize <laughs> that the um, branding was like satirical. He thought they were getting mm-hmm. paid for all those brands. Nobody got paid for any of that. 
Yeah, no. right. You know what I mean? Like it's so I, I don't know. I'm sure as a kid I saw it, but I, I think we have to remember too. Like Josiah was saying, like it's ahead of its time, but also so much of its time. It sort of yeah, like right. sounded <laughs> the death knell of the music industry because like this is pre Napster being a thing, right? This is pre yeah. like being able to record an album in your home with a MacBook yeah, right. and a couple of decent microphones, right? So like all this punk sound is suddenly becoming like conglomerated and corporate and all this bullshit, you know? But like. At that moment, this, you had to have major label backing to actually release a record. You know, <laughs> that's yeah, true. Th- this movie, uh, uh, this movie feels like, and like what I was reading about too, like one, some of the sounds they were going for was like they wanted they wanted Josie and the Pussycats to be like a, a pop rock outfit, sort of more rocky, like a Green Day. Yeah, they were like we wanted to make a a female Blink One Eighty Two, and yeah, I was like right. that. Rule. Yes. It fucking rules, right? They don't talk about their dicks and like poop and stuff all the time. It's it's, yeah, yeah. it's great. Fucking rule. And this, yeah. I mean, this like this movie and this and this. Honestly, the soundtrack kind of have like a similar energy to like that American Idiot Green Day. This movie's like moral. I feel like has the same sort of vibe as like Green Day's American Idiot, where it's like. It's saying fuck America, but in an ab- but uh, but in a different way. Not saying the government of it, saying like yeah, are the way that mu- and it also like you said, Dave, it came at an interesting time because it was like post grunge, mm-hmm. post like that like that sort of era of punk, and then pre internet, and so it was this weird time where like music was in a weird. You place. would go to a record store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and like it, not to dive too much into comparing it to Star Wars. I don't know how. Wait, no, you guys like to do that. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but one, one of the cool things I think about this record and what like makes it very Star Wars is they are not shy at all about where the musical influences come from. Like yes. the, the main yeah. songwriters on this are like Adam Duritz of Counting Crows, uh-huh. um, Dave Gibbs of uh, Gigolo Ants. And, uh, and Adam was, Schlesinger, right? Yeah. Yeah, Adam Schlesinger of Fountains uh, of Wayne and yes. That Thing You Do fame. Yes. And he, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Like yeah. Yes, he, I was going to say, he's like the go to guy for writing music for bands that aren't real Our, yes. and also on yes. TV and, and in movies. And yes. I, I said that when Caitlin and I were talking about it, I was like, Man, this is the most specific job ever because his job depends on him writing a fucking hit. Yes. <laughs> but an imaginary like, hit. The entire movie of that thing you do is centered around that one song. You hear it like 10 times. Yeah. And, and of course, they had something like 30 different versions of that thing you do, the song, before they like settled on that one, I think. Mm-hmm. I think multiple yeah. artists wrote one, but like... Dude can write a hit from a fake band. <laughs> and Dave, you sent us like a little playlist, and I think that was oh, the yes. point of it, right? Where it was yeah. like, these songs are these are songs. This. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing, like that opening track, uh, Angels of the Silences, which is, I think, by far the best Counting Crows song. Like, we always think of them as like, accidentally in Shrek. <laughs> yeah, <know>? Shrek 2. <laughs> you know, all that kind of shit. Sha la 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. No, we're not going to do that. Um, I have a friend who <laughs> yeah. loves Count. I have a friend who loves Counting Crows or his favorite band. I always yeah. make him mad because I always think that that Della Reese song is or what? It's not Della Reese. <laughs> that's the actor. What's that fucking band? Like the I'll do, boo, do, do, pretty baby. Like, oh, uh, um, uh, Sister oh, what Hazel. Is- no, yes, no, no, no. That's it's not no, Sister Hazel. That's it's the not other Sister one. Hazel. What is um, it? Roll to me by. Delamitri. 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 Oh, yeah. So, actually, real quick, the actor from from Touched by an Angel. (laughs) So, here's another thing, though. Delamitri 
they that was like the hit song of like I think like a flipper reboot or something back in the nineties, wasn't it? Like and uh, talking about like awakenings again, like the lifeguard character in that did something oh. to oh, me. And like I, I was like, I will the dolphin. <laughs> the dolphin. Yes, yes. No, it Beautiful was basically dolphin. the shape of water, but like, you know, ahead of its time. Um, but yeah, so you've got you've got like Fountains of Wayne, Counting Crows. What was the other uh By the way, one time I went to the um the Athenaeum Theater here in Chicago, and I saw Delamitri Martin, the stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll allow it. Woof. Um, what were you saying? Just <laughs> well, I was gonna, so yeah, the the musical influences at, to what Dave was just talking oh, about. Yes, this is Star Wars in that it wears its influences on its sleeve, sure. especially yeah. for the music and visuals. I would say, in fact, at one point I wrote down here. Let me. I have I have maybe a thousand notes for this movie, but um, I wrote down. Is this an Austin Powers movie? And then a like sub item under that was, or maybe a Zoolander movie? And then I looked it up. Zoolander, I think, came out the same year, and they both did what about this like specific job, but they are up against like an evil organization that is like permeating all of culture. Yeah. <laughs> like bananas. And and it all has that like all that aesthetic. Yes, you know it's like... that two thousand one. Well, and like one of the first things I wrote down because Mike, you mentioned Rat Race earlier because like uh-huh. Bre- Breck and Meyer and yeah, Seth Green, and Seth Green. <laughs> right out the gate. And I was Wait, like, this is with their hit Backdoor Lover, which yeah. I listened to the soundtrack <laughs> twice today. And that song is not being subtle about no. butt sex. No, well, but also not. the song Come On, Come On. Like, right? Like, it's yeah. literally a song about a guy who can't get hard. And she's like, just get hard for me. Like, literally, Mom. that's the whole thing. Oh, my so, Lord. Yeah. But yeah, the, the aesthetic of this movie is, uh, Mike, something you said, I think, in text, uh, maybe, was just like, it's like colorful. And the fashion yeah. is wild. And it's, it's very 2001 fashion. It's like an fashion. alternate reality. Obviously, with all the ads that you can see, the Twin Towers with all the ads on it or whatever, like, yeah, it literally pre- is not what is in existence. But, like, everything is this, like, heightened, colorful cartoony it's, version which it's like i would say given that it's based on a cartoon is to some degree a successful bit of filmmaking <laughs> yeah absolutely and i feel like it's a i feel like it's an era of of movie that stopped like after 9-11 especially like this is very pre 9-11 and you can feel it because you're like there's hope and we can all work together and then it's just right. like you know if this movie came out or was made after 9-11 you know that the energy would have been way different yeah but the fact that it was like right before it came in right under the 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 buzzer there it's very fun also it's funny <laughs> it i took funny. a lot of notes too and there are some really good jokes in this movie one of my first notes was murder <laughs> when Alan Cumming and the pilot fucking leave the plane, I was like, boy, th- that's that's another thing this movie does that is very of that moment is um, it, it very firmly cements its, like, fucking bonkers tone yes. right away. Like, this movie, that's, that's one thing I think maybe people didn't like about it is... Um, it does go the sincere route sometimes, but then it also goes the sort of bonkers 
um, comedy route of the people, you know, paratroop out of the plane and kill the boy band on board, and or so we think. You know, like the way that that, that that compared with the like Josie and the Rosario Dawson character like having a bit of a tiff because of like the spotlight or whatever. Like that feels very earnest and yeah. like fucking Dejour showing up in full body casts feels very <laughs> comedy, and it like doesn't quite mesh ever. But both things. Or something. <laughs> two, two things off that really quick. First off, the fact that Alan Cumming goes to the pilot and says, take the Chevy to the levee is so fucking funny. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. Because the day the music died, yeah. for our listeners who maybe don't know, that's or like don't know that that's what that song is about, and is about a plane crash yeah, uh, where like people died. Yeah, like Buddy Holly and yeah. company. Mm-hmm. And so that's fucking hilarious. Second, is Roger Ebert fucking stupid? Because like the fact that he didn't realize that the product placement was part of the joke, I'm like, buddy, are you okay? Are you actually good at your job? Because that's it's very obviously part of the joke. How did he not realize that? See, back then they didn't have the internet. The internet didn't exist until like 2018, right. I think. So did they not understand? Did they not understand irony of that? Did they not have irony yet at that point? Well, here's either? here's the thing, though. I I will give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I will Again, it, it is it, it is in your face, and um, and and they're they're constantly saying, "Here's the point we're trying to make," but then in so doing, it does still feel like half of the product placement is for us, the audience, as opposed to like for the people in the reality. Like, it's. Which, but it's fourth wall breaky, you know, yes. like maybe it's my meta. favorite, my favorite joke of the whole movie was the Missy Pyle line when, when the guy was like, what are you doing here? And she was like, I was in the comic book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Hilarious. <laughs> without, without going like ding to the fourth wall, like it, 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 uh, she said it and he went, what? And she's like, huh? And then they moved on. Like they didn't linger on it. It was just like a perfect, like blink and you miss it joke. Yeah, this movie is meta, and it's a it's a meta. It it I, Mike, I have to disagree with you a little bit because I mm-hmm. think that the bonkersness and the genuineness do mesh pretty well for me at least. Mm-hmm. And the the brand... yeah, I guess I I I I don't think that they don't work well together. I just think like it moves back and forth between yeah. them. I I think you're without, right in that like it's... committing to one or the other. I think you're right that it's probably is a reason why people didn't like it back then because I think people went in expecting one movie and then got something entirely different and were like, this isn't what I wanted. But it's like, but if you had gone in blank, you might have liked it because it was right. it was not what you thought it was. Yeah, I, I do feel bad for like the majority of people in 2001 who got done dirty by the marketing of this movie. Yeah. I think you go to this movie thinking it's going to be some like sexy action like uh, comedy, Charlie's thing. Angels kind of thing because there's like a Charlie Angels same yeah there's a Charlie's Angels there's, joke there's in a it. Charlie's Angels joke they had the same editor my guess is it had a lot of the same like studio involvement you know like the the like I said the cover being white with like three women looking right at you like it's like the exact same uh, aesthetic admittedly they, I've not seen those movies and I feel like I must now. <laughs> Well, but yeah, in general, it's a marketing issue, right? Like again, pop yeah. star never stop, never stopping yes. suffered from the same thing. Why like, that did is that a great movie not movie. make a jillion dollars? <laughs> because yeah. it was poorly marketed. They made it just seem like a Justin Bieber parody I, instead of a parody of the entire like music paradigm. You know? Yeah, 
Yeah. Same thing. And and I don't know. I don't know if marketing issue is a Star Wars thing or not, um, (laughs) because those are pretty well marketed most of the time. Uh, The although one thing is so while while we're talking about Star Wars for a second. This movie has bops, and Star Wars has oh bops. I would yeah, say this movie do, has like, more the, bops. The next like five to ten minutes on the soundtrack itself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, the opening track alone is basically, like, and that, that's what I love about oh it. They don't God. hide their influences, right? Like the opening track is basically all the small things, but just faster, you know. Yeah. And like it has like the whole Blink One Eighty Two breakdown. Uh, like you've got, and, and again, like in that playlist, there's so many similarities between all these songs. And I was actually just listening to the original theme from Josie and the Pussycats, which came mm-hmm. out in like 1970. And it's basically Blitzkrieg bop. Like you, you yeah. it feels <laughs> like the Ramones just listened to Josie and the Pussycats. They're like, hey, Dee Dee, let's speed this up and make it up. Sylvester Stallone, And then that's a weird like snake eating its own tail of like the new... Right. Josie and the Pussycats. It's like punkified. Yeah. Punkified, which, can, you know, comes from, like, what, I would love to see the evolution from, like, the 1969-70, like, three show of that sort of, like, <laughs> vibe where it's almost like, I don't know, ABBA, but not really, like, kind right. of disco, but not really. Like, the and sort then, of poppy, like, saccharine rock and roll. Yeah, and how that morphs into like fucking pop punk and then how that morphs into Josie and then it all just comes back around. Well, and it's funny too, because like uh, the producer of this album is a guy named Babyface who like traditionally does like R&B records, right? Like Mm -hmm. very kind of like soulful shit. And um, I I think it was really smart to bring him on to like produce this album with a whole bunch of notably great alt rockers like, you know, Adam Mm -hmm. Schlesinger, uh, Adam Duritz. Um, But then the funny thing is, is that after Josie and the Pussycats came out, Babyface only produced one other punk or like alternative record, and it was uh, Fallout Boy's Infinity on High. Uh, <laughs> and the, it's documented that Pete Wentz was like, We just love Josie and the Pussycats so much that we brought him that on. That is great. Fuck oh yes. my God. <laughs> I, I made a similar rabbit hole journey today where I then sort of I, I'm, I'm aware of the name letters to Cleo but I hadn't really ever listened to them and I listened to a little bit of them and then I read about them and then I guess I think the drummer then went on to found American Hi-Fi which like I was familiar with like their three big hits because one was on the Freaky Friday soundtrack and one yes. of them was on like either a Now album or a um like Grammy nominees album of that year or whatever. The one that was like, um, her boyfriend, he don't know anything about her. (laughs) So the funny thing, you also may have heard that on, um, Mia Harlan's bat mitzvah mix CD. Um, that I got back in 2002, <laughs> I was like, in which <laughs> it was also a rat race themed bot mitzvah because we went to oh, Dave yeah. and Buster's oh, and they god. had rat race playing, and I got oh, that. Oh my god, a, a a rat race themed bot mitzvah fucking rules. <laughs> that <laughs> absolutely rules. Uh, so uh, letters from Josie Cleo. And the <laughs> letters from Cleo. The the lead singer is who sings. Yes, is Josie's voice. Is the Josie voice. Because Rachel right. Lee Cook didn't sing. Although apparently the three lead actor uh, like Rachel Lee Cook, up. Rosario Dawson, and Tara Reid sang sang on the backup stuff. Right. So that's who that was from that earlier story. And Tara Reid learned how to play drums, even it though she's not playing. Like she kind of knew what she was doing. I, sometimes I was so. <laughs> interested in that that i went down a rabbit hole and i found like literal interviews web pages from (laughs) 2001 and anytime you find one of those you're like it's like a fucking wasteland like a tumbleweed goes by and you're like am i allowed to be here like why is this still up 
But yeah, she she took drum lessons for like three months before shooting started because she wanted to be able to convincingly play. And so like yeah. she's not playing on the tracks, but she knows how to play. And like you can kind of see it when she's playing is like she's very convincingly actually p- playing along with what the actual track is most of the time. Yeah. And that's why I looked it up because I was like. Does it, does she fucking learn? Does she know how to play drums? And like, <laughs> yes, Tara Reid is a like probably could still do it today. I don't know if she does, but in all the interviews, she was like, "Yeah, I took lessons for three months, and at first I was really bad, but then by the third week, I was like actually pretty good, and I'm actually a good drummer." And I was like, "That's fucking so wild, wild. <laughs> Tara Reid." I mean, look, the one thing we know about Tara Reid in Hollywood, Tara Reid puts in the work. Okay, in <laughs> in in Sharknado Four, May the mm-hmm. Fourth Be With You, which is a Star yes. Wars inspired Sharknado film, she swam That's with actual right. sharks and actual tornado. No, I'm joking. That's bullshit. <laughs> we gotta do like a Sharknado deep dive. We watched the first we one. We did for do the, the first show, one. Yeah. And, uh, well, that was so. So I, something that you here's said. Here's how I feel about those. I want to have seen them all. Yeah. But I sure don't really care to watch them. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't want to put in the time. D- Dave, something you said like this was the sort of intro to Rosario Dawson, which also like currently now watching it last night. One of the things I texted my girlfriend was Rosario Dawson is so fucking hot. Like Jesus mm. Christ, she's hot. And then, but then like this was sort of like not the end of Rachel Lee Cook and Tara Reid, but they were like yeah, they were like '90s, early thousands stars, and then. Not really like yeah. uh, Rachel Lee Cook does like voiceover stuff more now, and mm-hmm. Tara Reid has the shark knit. But and it she's feels just, like, like so cute. Like she's why so isn't fucking she cute. in more movies? <laughs> and I, and so I I my, what I hope happened was that they both were like, yeah, we have enough money. We don't I'm really done. need to do anything else. And I hope it was that they stopped being able to get parts. But it was interesting because this is like the beginning of Rosario Dawson, and then she like just got bigger and bigger, and is you know obviously well respected and works a lot today. And these other two, I'm like, man, I. The other thing I hope, I, I hope they're all friends. I don't know why, but yeah. I just like, you know, they seem to get along in the movie. And I just really hope they're all friends, you know? So uh, the one thing, the one person I still worry about is Tara Reid. Because she had like a rough mm. couple of years there yeah, while she yeah, was like yeah. in the spotlight and stuff like that. But like, I mean, going back to all of that, I, I, I do hope they're friends as well. And I think they bond over their mutual connection to the Star Wars universe as well. Because they are all mm-hmm. involved. Tara Reid mm-hmm. in Sharknado, May the Fourth Be With You, which is again inspired is. by Star okay. Wars. Um, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. As a She's yes, rushing yeah. it a on connection. The Mandalorian. And then Rachel Lee Cook, to her voiceover experience, she does voiceover for uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the video game. Oh, and yeah. she also did the voice of uh, Aunt uh, Beru in the Robot Chicken Star Wars special. Yeah. That's right, yeah, because because yeah. Breckenmeyer and Seth Green both do that show. Well, I know Seth Green EP like created show runs it, but I think Breckenmeyer is like someone involved too. And also, the director of this movie was married to Breckenmeyer for a while at some point, which is yeah. or engaged to one of what them. A, what a world. I thought it was the writer or something because I know the, the writer, writer. Yeah, yeah, because the it's it's funny too that Breckenmeyer gets to sing "Backdoor Lover" when his like wife wrote the lyrics to it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so goofy. What was I gonna? Oh, so yeah, like this movie is funny. Also, we haven't talked about the plot at all. No, we haven't. I I have a couple notes before we. I realize we're probably like nearing our break, but like, so in terms of the movie being funny, let me just go through my notes of like things that made me laugh. Um, <clears throat> Can I oh, tell well, you my favorite the, joke? First? Oh yes, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite joke was whenever they're talking about time travel at the end, and Melody says, <laughs> she says. If I could go back in time, I'd want to meet Snoopy. Yes. 
<laughs> that is so funny. And like and Tara I wrote Reed, that down too. I wrote Tara Reed's if I could go back earnest. in time, I'd want to meet Snoopy. This movie has some jokes. <laughs> yes, like Tara Reed's very earnest, dumb blonde routine yeah. in this. It like really works. Cause sometimes the dumb blonde is like, you know, a, a silly trope, but the, the very earnest delivery of all of it really works for me. Yeah. It really I, works. I even wrote early on that she was too stupid. Like, because yeah. early on I was like, oh my God, no, like we got to check on her. Is she <laughs> but okay? That, that line was like truly very funny. Um, oh, someone at some point mentions successful rock bands and their list is the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> the big three. I laughed out loud that Eugene Levy played himself doing yes. like a corporate gig. <laughs> for for um, an evil government yeah, slash corporation yeah. conspiracy. What do they call those? An, an, an industrial? An industrial, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, this was just a big old fucking question mark to me. Carson Daly and then a different guy who just does impressions. <laughs> He apparently, Cosby. Apparently, he was on Mad TV and some he, other stuff. Okay, too. I was gonna say he must have been like known at the time and as like an impression guy because I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" Carson Daly <laughs> playing Carson, playing an evil Carson Daly, yeah. who is in on the conspiracy to kill. Right, uh, he's music. part of the and also the fact that he and Melody Tara Reed's character were like flirting, and the fact that they were together in real life yeah. is also fantastic. They met, I think, on set. I saw in my looking at stuff. That makes today. sense. Um, and then this is a thing that this isn't quite Star Wars, but it is how Halloween Three Season of the Witch is it. <laughs> um, the cat ear headphones pay-per-view thing that they just basically banked on people all getting the headphones to wear during the broadcast is straight out of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch where Silver Shamrock, the mask company, <laughs> may, like sells these three just utterly irresistible Halloween masks that they hope everybody puts on at a certain time for a broadcast. And if they do, it turns their heads into bugs. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do that movie at some we point. We got it. We got it. We've talked about it enough. And and then the only other like jokey joke I wrote down <laughs> was um, white ass Wally and Lispin Lisa. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's Lispin Lisa. Lispin Lisa. What? <laughs> That's actually where James Corden got his inspiration from for the prom. <laughs> God, what a trash person. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> like what a like you know. It would have really. It, it would suck today if you made your living doing comedy in the early two thousands because the aesthetic of comedy at the time was being mean to people who were different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, well, and like you, you were part of the game, and you could have, of course, spoken out that like making fun of someone with a lisp or with like albinism feels a little fucking weird. But like, you would have been. People would have been like, oh, come on, lighten up in 2001. Yeah. Like, look at fucking Rat Race. That movie's full of that shit. Oh, <laughs> that movie, Rat Race sucks. But the, 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 the okay, so uh, the reveal, okay, listeners, let's do a quick plot so, so that we can make <sighs> Lispin Lee, so that we can make Lispin Lisa and Wide Ass Wally make sense. Yes. Listeners, if you haven't seen this movie, and guys, feel free to jump in whenever. And this is a perfect time for us to explain how the movie works at the 40-minute yeah, mark. The half, the half, the 40 <laughs> minute mark. So, Josie and the Pussycats are a band. They're just called the Pussycats at first. Alan Cumming is an evil 
record executive right who uh kills a a boy band du jour and needs a new band and so he finds uh Josie P- Josie the Pussycats who live in Riverdale from Archie yes and I like the idea that Archie and all his friends are just existing in this universe at the same time but we just don't see him and they bec- uh Alan Cumming picks them up out of obscurity turns them into a big star turns out mm-hmm. that they put subliminal messaging and all the music and that uh Parker Posey is his boss and she's even more evil and she's like selling this information this information and, and technology to world governments and stuff because they put subliminal messaging and all the music in order to make teenagers buy things and go with whatever trends they are hence why there's so much product placement the entire time because we, the audience, are also sort of being bombarded with this quote-unquote subliminal messaging. And, and yet, her ultimate goal is for people to like her and think well, she's Mike, popular, which, like, fucking sucks, because it undermines the fact that she's evil and power-hungry. <laughs> Mike, we're going to get there, okay? So Before then... we get there, actually, quick thing. Did it bother you, too, to think about how, like, she wipes away the, like, sand Zen Garden thing on her desk to, like, punch in the buttons? And it's like... Which assistant resets that every time? Like, are they in on it? They're like, fuck, gotta. What? What hey, a, it's a Zen guard. Maybe it's a, super nice for them every time. They're like, what this a is like actually perfect great. symbol too of like, no, I'm not Zen. I'm actually a power hungry actually, man, man, dude. That like, so so she runs this company that is seemingly a record company, but actually they put subliminal messages in all of culture to control the minds of teenagers, essentially, and. They're like <laughs> underground lair. I wrote down like this evil facility is so hilarious because everybody's little like department office is like a balcony looking onto like the main concourse yes. of the building. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very like embassy suites. <laughs> it's fantastic. So then, okay. So then basically their meteoric rise to stardom, there's like, tension between the band because the Alan Cumming changes the name to Josie and the Pussycats so she's mm. put front and center mm-hmm. and they're doing that on purpose so they can like separate Josie and the other band members because the other band members uh, specifically Valerie Rosario Dawson is a little too clever for what's going on and she's like seeing through it a little bit and, and Alan Cumming even makes a very nice um anti-corporation you know upon the viewer watching it reading the text if you will uh line about that saying like Bands with the word and in them test like 43% more positively or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's very like capitalism corporation like testing. So then through through some machinations from Carson Daly and Alan Cumming and everybody, uh, Alan Cumming gets uh, Josie to listen to a subliminal messaging track, which makes her think that she is the star and deserves to be the star. She's really mean to Melody and Valerie and they leave. And then she's about to do the big concert, but then her CD player breaks, and then she goes back and and uh, realizes that there is subliminal messaging. Disc man, <laughs> there is subliminal messaging, and she finds out. And right before the big concert, where everyone in the world has bought Josie ears, and if they listen to the, also the technology to live stream to the entire world <laughs> did not exist in two thousand one. Look, Absolutely I can barely not. make it happen teaching digitally, <laughs> like. <laughs> Stun- and this Zoom call, yeah. this Zoom call right now is well, is amazing. Do, do any of your kids have those ears? Uh, they don't. Gosh, you know, <laughs> I should I help. should really write a grant. I think that might help. Yeah. <laughs> but so so uh, Josie figures out the plot right right before the end, and, and she's reunited with the group. Uh, right. Hijinks ensue. The band that, that was killed at the beginning didn't actually die, and they come back. Oh, and there's a boy who suits. likes her. 
And you yeah, can along hear the his way, voice a... from the crowd yeah. of the Sega Mega Arena. <laughs> and uh, uh, then basically Alan Cumming and Parker Posey, it turns out, went to the same high school and were both rejects back then who were not cool. And they had a lisp and were albino, as Mike now, said earlier. It's they ostensibly weird... talk to one another every day on the phone and work for one another at the same company. And they hadn't put together in however long they had worked together. Yeah. But they went to the same high school. <laughs> it's absolutely goofy. And it, that that reveal, I, I agree, Mike, and, and was to me the only thing that didn't work for me in the movie. Because yeah. I would have rather she had just been evil and not ha- and not been like, oh, I wasn't cool and I just wanted to be cool. Like right. I was like, okay, that does undercut a little bit the whole theme of the movie being like rampant consumerism and capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't also, know. I just think, I think, I think it actually is a pretty believable turn and the reason why i say that is look at our you know president who's leaving now right like he's gotten to Mm -hmm. where he is because he's so freaking insecure came from some sort of money and then just built it up i think i think we take for granted just how much like capitalism is based on people being insecure about the things that they have and wanting very true and so i think deep down that's all it is like there's there's that song where it's like shapeshifter guest lister right it's like i just Mm want to be invited to the show i just want to do all these things and i will be evil to make it happen if i need to so one thing to say right before we go to the break this is my last thing i'll say is it's really lucky that they were actually a good band because then whenever they put on the actual concert without any of this little messaging everyone looks around and is like Okay, no, yeah, I still dig this. I'm like, yeah, man, that's right. like, that phew. was a close one. You guys got if they lucky. had sucked, <laughs> oh, that would have been really bad. Well, it's evidenced by those first couple songs we hear. Like, listening to the soundtrack today, I was like, oh, yeah, they front-loaded this album with, like, the ones that made it into the movie that were, like, the best ones. Like, pretend to be nice. I, listening to that today, I was like, well, this might just go on playlists of mine now because yeah. it yeah. is, like, it's it's more complex than a green day or Ramon song. Like it has that sort of diminished thing that happens or I don't, I don't I'm out of my depth in terms of wait, can I, can I music theory nerd on pretend to be <laughs> yes, nice for please, just a second? Yes, please. I, Dave, that's why we have you. Great. <laughs> so glad I can be of use. I just want to be yours. Anyway. Uh, so I think that's probably one of the best punk songs written of all time, mostly because <laughs> so many of the tracks on that album have so many direct, like analogies to something that came before it that one truly stands out like the swing beat like you didn't really have that sort of swing thing happening except with a couple of green day songs and then the chord progression right should be just like a standard like you know dumb 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 heart and soul kind of thing but instead what he does is what adam schlesinger does is he perverts it where the third chord instead turns into like the kind of chord Mm. you hear in uh where is my mind by the pixies Mm. And so then he gets that weird leap into the last chord of the progression and it all just like goes out of whack. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of spinning my wheels at this point, but um, the idea being like he took something that would have been a very basic prom style progression of like doo-wop and twist it just a little bit so it sounds different. And I truly believe the only influence on that song that is truly documented is the Pixies' Where Is My Mind? Because the... Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like... You know, the kind of like opening track of that. So I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Now, Dave, can I ask you this? Because one of the conversations we've had, we talked about how uh, Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card is a, is one yeah. of the, it's is the a perfect song, uh, a perfect pop song example, uh, or in general. 
Yeah. So I how mean, does it stack up against that? So here, here's what I'll say. Um, I do does believe it have an electrified violin in it. <laughs> it. It doesn't, which is the only thing that discounts it. No, but I'll and I'll shut up in a second because people don't usually care about music theory. But one, one of the very cool things about Ocean Avenue is that main unstable riff that is not like a standard riff you hear. You don't hear that in pop punk records that much because it's mm. starting on like the fifth of the scale. So like the so of the scale. If you're like, mm-hmm. do, re, mi, fa, so. So it's like, so, 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 la, 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 fa, 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 which you yeah. usually don't hear. And like this rhythm's so unstable because again, he's like trying to remember this memory, but it's falling away from him all the time until you finally get to the bridge and you get a more standard chord progression that starts on home, the do, right? Because he's finally back home, mm-hmm. but it's all different. It's all different. Yeah. Whereas, hey, like, look. Pretend to Be Nice is a very good pop song, but it doesn't have that sort of lyrical connection to the music sure. that Ocean Avenue does, is what I'd say. So, listeners, you heard it here first, and I actually heard it first from Dave yeah. while we were driving, uh, <laughs> that it is that Ocean Avenue is a perfect song, and I agree. I agree is how I said that <laughs> for some reason. I would watch, like, a YouTube channel of that. There's, there's a guy I've seen on YouTube before who... Um, sort of does that same thing dissecting just popular songs whatever they may be and 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 connects lyrics to structure to yeah. melody etc and i'm like i i just i just watch those videos just nodding like you're saying stuff that i understand <laughs> i think one of the things that's cool about this soundtrack and just also like so th- i think there is a sense of like whenever you're kind of growing up and like younger maybe like teens like in college even sometimes you have this feeling of like especially if you're like a music nerd or whatever, there's this feeling of like, well, pop music is lesser, right? Or like popular music in general is lesser. And I feel like I got to this point, and Dave, I feel like you've you've gotten to this point, like the way listening to you talk about Yellow Card and stuff like that, is you get to a point where you go like, oh no, this stuff is actually, if not as complex, quote unquote, as like, I don't know, classical music, whatever, it is still complex and you can still find the ways in which it makes it really interesting especially the stuff that really stands out and like i used to i used to be like uh, pop music is dumb and now like my top artist on my spotify wrapped was i was in the top 0.1 percent listeners of carly ray jepson baby yes oh my god and i want a carly ray musical right now jukebox me baby sorry stat <laughs> i saw oh my god i saw uh the indianapolis symphony orchestra like the conductor i think or, the, or maybe he was separate but they did a night of uh, or a little like weekend concert series of her songs, but orchestral arrangements with her actually there singing them. Oh. And I, I went to Indianapolis specifically to watch that from Chicago. And it was fantastic. I did the same thing when Ben Folds did that. <laughs> so to that point of like pop music, though, like having value and stuff. Think of somebody like uh, Tchaikovsky who, like, takes a lot yeah. of shit, actually, in the classical community as being, like, kind of cheesy sometimes, you know, like, you know what I mean? My music theory professor in college, though, said, um, look, Tchaikovsky is very cheesy, but do you know how hard it is to make good cheese? It takes yeah. years <laughs> to make a good cheese. <laughs> Same to, thing to with that pop point, music. We were listening. Uh, my girlfriend and I were listening to a Christmas playlist the other day, and a Nutcracker song came on. It might have been that one exactly. And and Charlie, my girlfriend, was like, "This song, this song, fucking rules." And, she, and I was like, "I know. It's still very good. Like, it. They, the, the classics, they hit and they still hit, baby." 
Uh, should we go to the break real quick since we? Yeah, I suppose we should. Oh, actually, wait. One more thing. <laughs> one more thing. Uh-huh. As we're hitting the forty-five minute mark. Yeah. The this movie and pop and popular music having value and popular things having value. I think that might be where mm. we find the most Star Wars connection oh, here. That's a really good right? point. Because Star Wars is confectionery most of the time. Yes. Not all mm-hmm. the time, but most of the time. But yeah. that does not mean that it is valueless. Can I, I, I would oh. venture. Oh, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm terrible with fucking zoom. I cut people off all the time. I'm just excited about this. I One thing I want to shoehorn in uh, before the break, too, is uh, I think we might be forgetting just how zombie island Josie and the Pussycats oh. is. Like, it oh. is so much more like zombie island than it is like Star Wars. So if you want to do a meta comparison, I think you're going to find it. So it is a perfect movie. Yeah. It is a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, it has montages. It has mm-hmm. like a Hard Day's Night montage and a Cat worship. the Billboard chart montage. Cat <sighs> worship. Um, the thing I was going to say was I would venture to guess that like if you surveyed, if, if you made like a hundred 30-year-olds watch this movie right now, um, probably less than half would like it, but I bet you that that half would test higher on, like, an IQ test. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, I thought you just said if you made a a 130-year-old watch it, and I was like, where where would you find one? If you made a 130 years old watch this movie, they'd be like, this music was way past my time when it was relevant. They would be Uh, like, I'm in a coffin. not to like, I guess that's sort of a little bit of like me, like thinking highly of myself, but like it has that sort of fucking rainforest cafe, uh, you know, like bad movie, but like you are fully aware of what you're getting into thing, the sort of camp that does in fact happen in Star Wars. Like, yeah. I feel like the, the biggest fans of Star Wars know full well that like Star Wars is at best inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. And this has that. I think camp is a great way to describe it. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's knowing that it's cheesy, but, but going, that's like the point. Full, yeah. Like yeah. full in. All right. We should go to the break. Yeah. We like pit. We love you, and may the merch be with you. That's right. Hello, Hizri's listeners. It's Josiah. And, and Mike. Mike here in the ad break to talk to you about our merch. We sometimes mention it at the end of the show, but we have merch. We've got several cool designs on our Tee Public store that you could get on a shirt, a sticker, a mug, whatever you want. Mike, what are some of those designs? Oh, we got Star Wars is Chili, the classic Skyline Chili logo reappropriated to our show. We got just straight up Hasui. We've got the logo for the podcast. There's a lot of designs. And we're always making new ones. They're always cooking in our brains. So go to our social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, go to the link in the bios there because that'll take you straight to the House Star Wars is a store on Public. And it helps support the show. That's right. Bye, Bye. babies. How Star Wars is it? Ah, we're back. We're back. Um, this, by the way, listen, nerds, this episode might be a long one. It might last six whole hours <laughs> and five whole day long days. Um, okay. So I, uh, hours before recording, realized we needed a game for this episode. <laughs> yes. And, um, here it is. It is called <laughs> Advertise Me, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
um, <laughs> taken from, of course, Crunchitize Me, Captain. Um, as we've already discussed, this movie is riddled with, quote, product placement. Um, and many of the companies didn't even pay to have their brand included, which, which is which, a fun fact. Listeners, just so you know, the idea of the, the product placement is funny, and Roger Ebert is an idiot because there was a <laughs> there was a point at which they were in an aquarium section of like a zoo or something, right? And there was Evian, there was an Evian logo yeah. in the water of like the beluga well, whales. The like, the like helicopter shot of Manhattan, like every building has like giant so, logos on it. All that to say, Roger Ebert, you're. F- Stupid! <laughs> if you're still alive, I can't remember if you're the one that's still alive or not. No, no, he's dummy. Okay, dead. Well, he's also fine. like a Chicago legend, and we're probably gonna get a lot of hate mail for this. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, baby! Yeah, we we would welcome the email. <laughs> Absolutely, I love getting emails. <laughs> remember, no such thing like as bad the, press, baby. Yeah, remember the thing in like the early 2000s where getting an email was cool. Um, Dude, remember right now that. when it's still cool, and I yeah, love it every right. time. So, okay, so in this game, you two will alternate turns, um, and you have to tell me one product or brand whose logo appeared in the film. I found a really good list online, but the site said, and many more, at the end of the list. And then another site said something like more than 70 companies were featured in the film. And I, in my list, I think I only have 46 here. Um, from the list. So if you say something that isn't on here, it may well still have been in the movie. So I don't really have a way of verifying that other than like looking it up. So I guess like we all have to agree that the answer was right. Okay, great. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, and and I also said each of you will get three strikes. That's what I was going to ask. Or fewer if the game seems to be going too long. We'll, we'll make that call at some point. And then the last man standing wins. I have the list of companies here in front of me that appear on uh, walls or on carpets or in aquariums in this mm-hmm. movie. Fuck, I already gave one of them away. <laughs> so question, do um, I need my 20-sided die for this? Or is this a non-role-playing? Because <laughs> I've got them. I've got them, baby. You, now, if you, I had made the game... <laughs> yeah, if, if Josiah had made it, you might. But um, that would have actually been a really fun lay-on to this. You have to roll a, a, a d20, and then whatever the number is, you have to name that many companies that appear in the movie. <laughs> I got an 18. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so let's see. We'll start with Dave. Any uh, advertisement we see in Josie and the Pussycats? Um, sure. Target. Boom. Target was my first one on here. Yeah, I know. I'm correct. starting with the easy ones. I'm in here to win. I'm literally going to make a list of my own so I know what's been said and uh-huh. what hasn't been said. Uh, okay, going off of that, I'm pretty sure there was a – there was Bounce, uh, like the – detergent thing i think or like fabric softener in the target plane (laughs) yes that is correct bounce is on the list and in fact this list is not alphabetical or anything so i'm gonna have to just like control f every time you answer (laughs) good okay back to uh, no strike so far back to dave Okay, so we've got Target and Bounce so far. So far, so far. I I can't talk anymore. So far. Um. Yeah, now I'm just totally blank. Uh, uh, Bloomingdale's, I think it's the big brown bag. Is that is that what Bloomingdale's is? Mm. <laughs> Bloomingdale's, yes, yeah, yeah, is yeah. on mm-hmm. here. <laughs> okay, coming in. We got, I'm going to say, what's one? Oh, Coke. Coke is correct. Coca-Cola. Um, okay. That Coke is the new I, Pepsi One. When I told uh, Caitlin what the game was, she like immediately rattled off like five or six, and that was one of them. Yeah. Um. So another one, uh, this actually isn't a brand that you see, 
but it's in the dialogue uh pumas yeah oh, in the dialogue and puma is on my list here so at the very least dialogue counts it also is it's highly likely that there's a logo somewhere in the aisle of manhattan <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know what was the actor's name who played Alexandra? The act like she's so, Missy Pyle. Mm-hmm. Missy Pyle. She's randomly in a lot of stuff around yeah. that time. For like she was in Galaxy Quest, right? And she's Dodgeball. fucking funny in that. And I'm like, what a clutch performer who I don't know what she's doing anymore. Yeah, but she was. She's very like funny. Friends with Tig Notaro, I think. Like she oh, was good. on their podcast back when she did Professor Blastoff years ago. I also I, I I just I just mentioned her because I I said the when she's like Diet Coke is the new Pepsi oh. one. So I'm gonna say. <laughs> Pepsi. Okay, that I will give you that as a dialogue point because it's not on my list. But thank that you, is sir. A good call. Not to derail, but is Missy Pyle her actual name, or is uh, it a stage name? Like not to name shame, but it just it's, well, it feels so, very odd. No. I have a friend named Missy, and her real name is Melissa. So it's probably uh, her. Melissa. She was born Andrea K. Pyle. Oh, so Pyle, so see, Pyle was the thing that kind of threw me off because again, I have a funny last name too. I, my last name's Red Dick, you know. So I mean, I, I do feel like I'm allowed to name shame a little bit. But yeah, Missy Pyle uh-huh. just sounds like, oh, I misplaced my pile of things. You know? But <laughs> why anyway. did she go by Missy? That's so interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, anyway, like, anyway, back to the game. I, I don't mean to. This this is competitive. Uh, uh, this is competitive. <laughs> in that same bit of dialogue, uh, there's a guy who says, um, "I need to get some Zima." And it's like, dude, you don't drink. <laughs> I think right. I should start, which is like the oldest joke in the book, right? It's like, like I think yeah. they use that in like UHF with Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> you know? Fucking UHF. That was also not on my list, but I do remember specifically that line. So that exactly. is also good. Still no strikes. I'm going to go another line of dialogue, but you also see it is uh, when Melody says, I want a Big Mac. And they're like, but you're a vegetarian. And she's like, yeah, I know, but we should get a Big Mac. So I'm going to say McDonald's, McDonald's, which you also see the arches Yeah, it's a lot. all over the place. Yep, that one's on there. Um, okay, I'm going to say Sony because the Walkman that yeah. she has is Sony. Yeah. Uh, yes, Sony yeah. is on this list, and you're right. She does have go. that machine. Speaking of S names, that uh, I'm going to say Sega. Because... <laughs> yeah, the Sega Mega Arena, and we see a Dreamcast ad at one point. So is it actually called the Sega Mega Arena? Because it seems like the, they missed in, an opportunity to be like the Sega Arena. The Sega Arena. Right. Yeah, Just in the movie <laughs> it is. I'm sure it's like Mega. some other thing, but yes. The Sega Mega Arena. Okay, yeah, now I'm 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 shit, I'm I'm grasping at straws now. I, I just watched this the other night, so I shit. Um what? Well, there, there, there's a good chance that anything will be in it. So you could probably just say <laughs> just, any just guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, ooh, oh, um, ramen. Top ramen. Mm, yep. Oh, I don't have that on my list. What's the context they of that? Eat, I don't, well, they I eat it. They eat ramen. Yes, they oh, okay, say okay. one <laughs> pack of ramen. You don't know how far one pack of ramen can go, which is also depressing That's to right. their economic status if they're sharing yeah. a pack of <laughs> yeah. ramen between three yeah, people. Right. And then they freak out over another thing, which I'm going to save for my which, next round. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that for, for Dave because I was going to steal that, but I'm going to leave that. <laughs> okay, uh, Josiah. Uh, I'm going to go, and this one might be a little tricky because I don't know if it's for sure, but I think they mention... Mark Jacobs as well at some point, mm. like maybe in the same vein as Pumas. I believe you, but let me just verify. Mark Jacobs sounds right. It does. This, maybe this will be the first strike. Typey type. I typey, would think typey, typey, googling typey. Mark Jacobs, Josie and the Pussycats would immediately bring up like a line of dialogue, and it has not. 
Yeah, the screenplay isn't public domain yet, I think. <laughs> Wait, that's, should that be a I've... project? Should we just transcribe the entire Josie and the Pussycats yes. screenplay? <laughs> yes. I, I, I made a bot watch Josie and the yeah. Pussycats 10,000 times. And it, all uh, yeah, it did... so my ruling, I think, is going to be because it wasn't an immediately uh, available answer. I'm going to say that is a strike. I'll, yeah, I'll take a strike. I'll take it. Fuck! So the board is yours, right, Dave. <laughs> so I tell you what, to, to keep things fair, I will take a strike and throw what I know Josiah was going to say <laughs> when he was trying to trying to be kind before he hoisted himself upon his own petard. Is that what it's called? My petard? own petard. Petard. Yeah, yeah. it's a petard. On yeah. my own Picard, as, as if we're doing Star <laughs> Trek yes. still. Live long and prosper. Man, I'd hoist myself on any Picard. You know what I mean? God, Patrick Stewart is so fucking hot. Even when he's like poop in the emoji movie, I'm just like, get at me. (laughs) I'm like, damn, dude. Just talk to me. That's all I need. Is that that you skipping around and taking a strike? That that is Dave committing. Oh. Here's what I'll say then. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm not going to completely hoist myself. I just don't have any other memories of what the fuck is Uh actually in this movie. uh Um, God, what is another brand name that they have um i did say one earlier right. although i don't know that's still on so my list. i want to say bmw i believe the car that they're in at the sega arena which is what i'm calling it now uh is a bmw that i specifically know is not but i will check really quick Damn it. if if bmw <laughs> is there because i i clocked the car before we knew what it was which is weird because i don't like no cars but um, what, what kind of car is it well we'll it? save it in case it, well but i guess that's a clue now um, okay so we okay. we are at one strike apiece. although dave went first so um you know in terms of who All goes right. last or whatever Josiah. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna take the kindness that Dave extended towards me. I'm gonna say Krispy Kreme because that is the donuts that they receive right after they're eating the ramen from Alexander, their manager. Um, I believe you, and I don't see it on my list for whatever reason. But okay, great. That counts. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, uh, this list is just like so fucking big. <laughs> um, okay, back to Dave. Actually, hang on one sec. Let's um, just take a pause because you guys have each now gone at the same amount of times and you're tied up. Um, and just to sort of assess the playing field still, we have... Um, 12? We've done 12? Uh, Six apiece? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, there are... At, there's at least one thing that's already been mentioned on the show already. Um, and yes. there is... A, the car that we still haven't gotten, the car brand. And then let's see, there are, <laughs> there's at least a couple things very of 2001, which is super funny to me. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, that was so then... loud. I'm going to have to make myself softer. <laughs> let's see get the compressor what else I that. can do to kind of get the ball rolling here. My, there's my, my, my there's loud a number of things filter. that one would associate with like shopping, like going shopping because they have the whole shopping montage. And there's yeah. another set that's at least three or four that are very like snacks. Um, mm. Hey, Mike, I don't okay, need okay, more that'll fucking be hints. Okay, that'll be my intervention. And we'll go back. Dave, you have control of the board. <laughs> so at this point, I'm grasping at straws because like, I am like post-capitalist. Like, I don't see brands. <laughs> I shop thrift. <laughs> okay. Like, um, brown paper I, I'm gonna say packages. Adi- yes, brown paper packages tied up with strings. Uh-huh. Tied up with string, my yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we love Rogers and Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say... Adidas? Adidas is correct. <laughs> yes! It is yeah. on the list. <laughs> I'm going to say so that uh, Dave doesn't possibly remember later. Evian, the yes. water <laughs> right. that I In mentioned earlier. I thought I thought yep, you already got correct. that point. I forgot. Jeez. 
My brain is fried in quarantine, guys. I'm losing my hey, mind. Right. <laughs> Whatever. I had to take a practice SAT for an interview the other day for a tutor, and yeah, and it no. made me realize that like oh I'm not God. smart anymore. Like there was a time when I was smart, and it's not <laughs> now. It's no longer. God, yeah. Um. Back Oof. to Dave. Oh man, I, I I truly have no memory of this now. Um. <laughs> I might have to resort to bits, but I don't want to. I'm just I'm not, I'm actually gonna earnestly play the game. Um Yeah, yeah. I am gonna say uh fudge, 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 fudge. I have a fudge. couple more on deck that I know for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly grasping at straws here. Um I'm gonna say Nike? Probably, right? Is Nike in I feel like Nike it's has to be in there. Gotta be. It's like such a recognizable logo. Yeah. It's not on my list, but that is one that I feel is so ubiquitous that I gotta look. I feel like it, it has up. to be right. Like again, someone the... was probably wearing Nikes, right? Well, because when when did well, Jordan actually Adidas leave the NBA? On there. When did Jordan leave the NBA? Was that? Now that's a good question. Yeah. Um, was he in the Wizards in two thousand one or when? Did might have been Jordan. I don't know. You're asking I mean, the wrong people. I watched The Last Dance because I thought it was a movie about uh, the band, but then it turned out to be about Michael Jordan. It was great. You know? was great. He, he <laughs> left in uh, 1993 uh, the first time, I think. Really? But oh, oh, Retired so... in 1993 hmm. from the Bulls, and then in 2003 when he retired the second time. Okay, so he would have still been playing basketball at that point. Okay. Yes. Um, um, I'm not seeing Nike, and it may just be because we had Adidas. Mm, mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'll, know. I'll take the hit. Strike I, two. I'm not, just yeah. like Michael Give him Jordan. A strike. Michael Jordan played for the Barons and was <laughs> terrible, so it's fine. It's just I've seen thing. Space Jam. <laughs> we got to do Space Jam. God, I, have, I was gonna say he also played for Toon Squad. How have you guys <laughs> not done Space Jam? How have you guys not done? That, that is actually question. a really good question. I, I have this uh, a theory, and there 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 are several things that will. So there's generational divides, right? You've got like Gen X, and then uh, millennials, and then like Gen Z, right? And so mm-hmm. the thing that will tell you if someone's Gen X or millennial is whether or not they liked Space Jam or if they like Space Jam. Because mm-hmm. Gen X was too old when Space Jam came out, mm-hmm. and so they mm-hmm. think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. But then millennials, right. we were all the right age to be like, hey, that's fucking funny, dude. Like, Bugs Bunny up there? Space Jam, unlike uh, Josie and the Pussycats, was a super product placement-y movie, yes. but it wasn't trying to, like, own that and make it, a like, a Although, comedy point. there is Bill Murray's <laughs> line later, I think, or, or uh, no, no, it's fucking Newman's line, where he's like, well, go get a Big Mac and a big thing in this, and then he just lists off every, like, uh, uh-huh. Sponsorship that Michael Jordan has ever had. Anyway, right. uh, and the thing that will tell you if someone's a millennial or Gen Z is whether or not they know what TGIF is. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. The block of programming. Yes, exactly. Yes. TGI Fridays. Sabrina was on. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go to TGI Fridays and you watch Sabrina the and you witch. watch. <laughs> Which you is watch, also uh, part of the Josie is- universe. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it all comes back. Uh, okay. Yeah, apparently, Josiah, apparently Alexandra. You in control of the board, by the way. Oh, great. Well, hold on. Apparently, Alex- <laughs> Go ahead. apparently, Alexandra, at one point in the comics, had actual magical powers, whenever, <laughs> but only whenever she would hold their cat, Sebastian, who is not in the movie, unfortunately. Oh, uh, okay. I so uh, another anyway, Alexandra I'm going to say, Mike, Just- something I'm very excited. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, I'm Dave. sorry. I just, I'm keep yeah, trying no. to shoehorn in things. Just no, like, say it. I never get to talk about this film. Anyway, in the 1973 <laughs> to 74 series of Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, uh, which is very Star Wars, um, <laughs> uh, Alexandra is actually the villain again. And uh, when they're in Outer Space, she like 
messes with their spaceship or whatever. And then Valerie, the smart one in the group, has to redirect their spaceship to be able to get through all of this. We also need to remember, just from like a place of like history, it was freaking crazy to have a black yeah. female as a lead cartoon character. It was the yeah. first time back in 1970 we had that. I was reading about that. So Hannah and Barbara told the creator of Joe's the Pussycats... Because they, they want the reason it was made is because Hanna Barbera wanted to get some of that Archie's uh, thunder because the Archie's uh, single and the show was doing really well. And so they went to Archie Comics and they were like, Yeah, you can adapt Josie the Pussycats. And so at that point, Josie the Pussycats had already introduced Valerie as the third member of the band and she was a black woman. And so they made her black in the show at first, but then Hannah Barbera, the literal Hannah and Barbera, the two people, uh-huh. were, uh, told them they were like, "No, we need to change her to be white because we want it to be an all-white trio." And the creator of the cartoon said, "No, I she's gonna stay black, or else I walk." And they basically had like a standoff for weeks until Hannah Barbera was like. Fine, she can be black. Okay, that is why, which is also yeah, very Star the, Trek. Yes, because fucking Shatner, <laughs> baby. She was mm-hmm. she was the second black lead on a cartoon and the first black female lead on a cartoon. Who would have been the first? The fir- this is from my research. The first was the black drummer in the Hardy Boys cartoon one year earlier. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he was a, he was he was the dude, and and so she was the first black female. So, anyways, all that wow, to say. Wild. Uh, a very 2001 brand will be Sobe. No. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the ones I had in my head of being very 2001. When, I, when they that cut to correct. a Sobe thing, I was like, I, like my whole body, like sense memory of like a gas station yeah. getting a Sobe life water. Just like. Yeah, right. Madness. My God. I, yeah, I, I've been derailing. Dave, Dave is shaken. So here's the thing. I've, I've been doing all these derails because I just don't know any of the brands, to be honest. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I mean, I'm just going to stab in the dark. This is going to be strike three. It's game seven. Okay, um, this isn't the baseball episode. Uh, I, I'm going to say, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Starbucks. Yeah. Starbucks, yeah. yes, is correct. It was a big one. What's wild is that Starbucks was like, like not new back then, but Starbucks was still relatively like, you know. Like, yeah, that was when was every stand-up was like, there's all these sizes and all these names, the half-calf, the decaf, uh, the, the foam, no foam. Well, Can I just get a cup of coffee? Why does everybody need espresso all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Josiah. I'm gonna go. Okay, I, this was another uh, one I remember actually. So Gatorade. I believe you. I'm pretty sure you see someone drinking or eating a Gatorade thing at one oh, point. Oh yeah, they have one of those Gatorade like power bars. Yes, that's why. <laughs> yes. That's why I remember it because I was like, that's like, not oh, a drink. That's another like very 2000. <laughs> I I remember seeing that very vividly now. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so it's back to Dave. Oh, it's back to me again. Okay, jeez. Um, See, now I'm running low. I don't know if I know anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really grasping at straws here. Here's, um, here's, I guess, another clue since we're back to everyone said the same amount of answers. Um, I think someone's even maybe already said this, but like, if you just guess a big company, you're not you're <laughs> not gonna have like a non-zero chance of getting it, <laughs> or you will have yeah. a non-zero chance rather. Um. God, I, I had one and then I just completely forgot it. Uh, I'm going to say the type of phone that uh, Alan Cummings used. I think it was a Motorola. 
Motorola is correct. Yes! <laughs> oh! Gosh. Oh, man. Which is Shit. also very funny of that time, like, knowing brands of phones. Yeah. God. Uh, Josiah? Okay. I, now, see, now I'm grasping straws, and I don't remember anymore. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say some kind of J.C. Penney's. That feels 2001 to me for it some reason. It does feel JC like Penny? it, but I do not have that on my list. <laughs> no! I cannot remember the last time I went to a J... Like, this this whole podcast feels like a, just a nostalgia bomb for me right oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Mike, the, like, my question now is, is if, if Dave gets a third strike and then I also get a third strike, do we both lose? You, yeah. Since he went first? <laughs> yeah, you both lose. Okay. No, mm-hmm. you, you will each get... It'll be sudden death at that point. Well, no, no, again, like, you each get an, a turn or whatever. Okay, great, sure. great, 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 great. Okay, I think I actually have one. And yes, okay. Subway. Mm. Subway. Eat fresh. I feel like Subway. Yes, eat fresh. Eat fresh. I would and think so too. The disgraced Jared will forever remain disgraced. <laughs> Jared, who the the ignominious yeah. Jared. God, what a, what a strange turn for America. <laughs> you know, our like health. Honestly, icon. everything uh, everything since then has just been downhill. You know, it, it like really that is. was what started it. Was it 9-11? It was Jared. I was just saying, like 9-11, right? (laughs) Everything comes back to 9-11. I'm not seeing Subway or (sighs) JCPenney. Fuck. So, okay. Okay, so that means Dave has three strikes. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm done. So this will be be to to But if I get this wrong, then it's sudden death, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, you could say this is sudden death. (laughs) Can I use my, like, 20-sided die for sudden death or something? I just want to use this die. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. if you roll a nat 20, you win. (laughs) Okay. This is a long shot, but going off of one of the earlier ones I said, is Tide one of them? Because, like, Bounce was one. I feel like Tide tide might have been one. Tide definitely is. I don't have that on here either. Let me Mike, what is this list of yours then? Yeah. Well, like I said, there's like apparently over 70 and I have like 46. So I feel like mm. I have like the ones. Oh, hmm. I do see. Oh, Target and Tide Bleach in Josie and the Pussycats. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Tide is in the Target hotel room that Valerie is in. <laughs> now we know that Josiah is just a capitalist cog in the machine. Yes. He buys <laughs> into it. And I am here, everything I stand against. Yes. Here is no. where, so, yeah, so the this, cast of Haymarket this, will disown you. It's going to be great. <laughs> I know. It's going to be so sad. So the game officially has a, a winner, which is to say a, um, yeah, like a, a corporate consumerism. Fucking shill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so just to do this sort of family feud thing where we look at all the answers as they turn over, I'll go through really quickly. Ivory soap, diesel, Ray-Ban. That's a very 2000. Ray-Ban. Apple. Ford. (laughs) Ford. It's a Mustang at the end that they're in on the little turntable. Mm -hmm. TJ Maxx. Victoria's Secret. Steve Madden. The Virgin Megastore. Kodak, which is not the last camera relevant one. Hostess. Bugles. Here's a perfect one of 2001. America Online. Oh my god. AOL AIM. AOL. Wait, pause, pause. What were what were your AIM uh screen names? Mine was Dave Oscar. Mine was Dave Oscar nine two nine eight nine because I thought Dave Oscar sounded really cool. And then I forgot that my birthday was actually 
62989 and just typed it in accidentally <laughs> to be 9299 because oh I was God. like 12. Mine was Trackstar291 because I loved going to these track and field camps <laughs> at the high school when I was in like elementary school in the summers. Never ran track. Yeah. <laughs> I ran cross country eventually, but uh So this is a weird regionalism, but in my like school barbecue no one had... howdy y'all football yeah, yeah, friday yeah, yeah. night <laughs> friday night lights a yeah. million no no one had aol we all had um msn messenger instead of mm. aim so because i think i don't know if it was an internet provider thing but everyone had hotmail and not uh <laughs> american online mm-hmm. so we all had msn messenger but my msn messenger screen name is very good and it was uh <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, it has to perfectly encapsulate who I am. And I was in like eighth grade. So I was like, okay, singing, because I'm in choir mm-hmm. and I love to sing. Lineman, because I, <laughs> I play football and I'm a lineman. And then I have long curly hair and I, it's my signifier. So with a fro. And then I singing was like. Singing lineman with a fro. Yes. And then I was like, and I was like, oh, and screen names all have to have numbers at the right. end. Not, not, not knowing that that was because, like, you know, if you can't get the one, you just get well, to put a number. Well, and of course, at the, that time, you were young, so you were a late adopter, and singing lineman with a fro was, was taken. taken. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I didn't even try that regular one. I was like, what's my favorite number? I don't know. I like 13, but I don't want to just do 13. So let's do 113. So my entire oh my screen God. name and my entire email, my first email, <laughs> Was singing lineman with the fro one one three at hotmail dot com, which Lord. when I took the practice PSAT <laughs> did not fit on the form because uh, it was if, too long. If you on this game took a guess and you didn't say you know fucking bugles and you said singing lineman with a fro one one three at hotmail dot com, I would have given you a half point. <laughs> You've been like, that's probably something. That's something. Um, that's only half the list. Seven eleven. Frizz Converse, Hawaiian Tropic. Here's another very 2001 BB that like women's oh, fashion at the okay. mall. Okay, yes, yes, um, yes. Visa, Revlon. Josie's hotel room is very Revloned out. Uh, American Express, Butterfinger, very 2001. Wait, real quick. So something that you just said, which made me realize. Okay, so I, one of my nicknames is Josie like people have called me that uh-huh. since junior it's your high Skype name <laughs> yeah it is my Skype name and it's like my uh, it's my name in a lot of things just because people have called me that since I was like in junior high because Josiah Josie it's you know easy and I had never seen Josie and the Pussycats but but w- anytime someone calls me Josie I'm like no oh. not right that's weird and in this movie I was like at the beginning I was like oh it's Josie and the Pussycats uh-huh. but then like Everyone says something different. It's Star Josie Wars. and Josie. Exactly. <laughs> and even when I watched the first episode of the cartoon, there was no consensus on if it's Josie or Josie. And maybe it's just because my name is Josiah with a soft S mm-hmm. and people have called me Josiah. I had college professors that called me Josiah until uh-huh. I graduated and never said anything. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe it's just because I'm very, I'm very like, I hear the soft versus the hard S, but I was like, that's, 
strange to me that no one on the first day of filming was like, like it's Josie or Josie. We all have to say the same thing. Yeah, that's but also, very yes, very Star, Wars, yeah. very Star Wars. Very Star Wars. Han. Um, let's, come here, Han uh, Solo. <laughs> Han, you old pirate. You old pirate. <laughs> um, Butterfinger, Pringles, Barney's New York, Nikon. Also very like we're aware of cameras at that time because of the Mission Impossible 2 digital camera. Yes. Uh, Red Bull, Verizon, Advil, Crest, Clearasil, and Tidy Cat. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, many more, more than likely. Of, of course. course. Yeah. This has been Advertise Me, Captain. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 like lean towards maybe beginning to wrap up. Yeah, so I have like three in a row notes for how this is and is not Star Wars. Uh, just me. to kind of sure. jump us back into this way of thinking because we've only really covered it a little bit. Of course, that recent j- chime in of Han and Han, Josie, Josie, that's that's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the amount of montages I am counting against being Star Wars because Star Wars is always very linear and like objective filming it's it's very rarely you know we very rarely see even like a flashback or any other like what you see is what you get type you know um so that's a point against but i said the music is fucking rips um and then this movie is science fiction (laughs) yeah when she puts in the disc to the like master mixer and is able to like zero out all the tracks from the <laughs> CD. I was like, I don't think that's how a mixing <laughs> table works. <laughs> no, that that did make me very happy as someone who has to work with sound semi frequently. I yeah. was like, man, I wish it was I that think, easy. I think they've I already <laughs> merged all the tracks at the point of it being on a CD. If it was that easy, I would be making uh, remixes all yeah. the time. Yeah. I was like, all right, let me just turn down. It just shows there here's would guitar. Be, turn there that would down. be a huge secondary market for CD. If like you could just <laughs> yeah. like rip tracks one at a time like that, <laughs> I would love that. I would be the the 2008 uh, YouTube mashup creator of my dreams. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are those are the only other things that I had that were just like very definitely a Star Wars mark. Let me I, let me go over my notes. I didn't take many notes about Star Wars. I took a lot. Of, so some of this stuff in this movie like fell flat for me because I wasn't culturally aware enough at that time to know things like i don't know what the fuck mr movie phone is right and like that was a funny joke to me because i was like i obviously this is a thing but i do not know what it is the only reason i know it is because of the seinfeld episode where kramer's telephone number is like one digit off of movie phone and so he just starts answering the phone and telling people like movies yeah, because uh, I guess that's what it was. You call movie phone, and then he's like, "Showing in your area is Die Hard too, or you know, whatever." Mm. Um, as far okay, yeah, like this is so to go with something we've said before. Like Star Wars is not comedy forward, and it's also not a satire at all. And so the fact that this is like a meta commentary in a way, and also comedy forward and music forward is points against. Um, we've got a main trio. That's pretty Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And an evil empire. They're a government. Yes. They have a hilarious lair mm-hmm. where people work in balconies. You know, one thing I wrote, this is not plus or minus Star Wars, but I feel like we've just missed bringing it up at all. But um, I didn't realize, I guess I just don't like know like fashion history that well, but I had no idea that bras weren't invented until after this movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you ever watched Friends or any yeah. any movie TV series. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That was something that Caitlin and I talked about a lot. Like the 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 Rosario Dawson got kind of done dirty by wardrobe in this movie because I guess the trend was like braless, and the other two yeah. girls like could could do that because they're just like such petite women but rosario dawson like is like bustier and so she had like very yeah. granny versions of like 2001 hot fashion you know like she always looked like she was not quite uh in like the most flattering attire i suppose you can, all, you can <laughs> even see it on the like cover of stuff because like she's got like a, a little collar thing going down and like the other ones are sort of like mid <laughs> Yeah, and it's literally because like the fashion then was like low cut pants, oh my lots God, of midriff, <laughs> and then like if you had tits, they couldn't be too big because you didn't have a bra, and so the right. it was like wearing something where you didn't need a bra, which like yeah, she's bustier, and so it doesn't it that didn't work as well. But also like oh, like yeah, we said I earlier see. on the cover, it's like a very like furry, froofy yeah. collar. Yeah. So can but I just say this discussion gorgeous. is like so Star Wars right now. <laughs> It's true. Men just like objectifying women constantly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and Carrie so Fisher. <laughs> Carrie Fisher not getting to wear a bra. Oh, That's yeah. true. It's great. Well, you know what? That's funny. Uh, this movie is very not Star Wars because it has three main characters who are women. This is true. Uh, that ain't never happened in Star Wars. There is some racism, though, too, because Alan Cumming is like sometimes uncomfortably a little racist towards Rosario Dawson. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And like... I understand where, it, like, in the, you know, just, like, from the stories, it, it makes sense. But it is a little uncomfortable because it's, like, it's almost like you're not sure if it's because she's black or it's if it's because she's the one that's a little more, like, right, like wise harder to, to the trick. Game. Yeah. And so you're not exactly sure which direction it's coming from. But the fact that she is the only black character, aside from, I guess, Donald Faison in the very beginning, makes you be and like... And Carson Daly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Second Carson Daly. <laughs> well, but so that was the cool thing about, like, the... Like, that that's canonical, though, within, like, the cartoons and the comics and stuff like that. She's always she's the, the clever one. one. Yeah, she's the smart yeah. one, right? She's the one who figures out how to pilot the ship. She's the one who figures all this shit out. So, I don't know. Which, once again, pretty pretty revolutionary for 1969. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I remember the summer of nice. 69 was just great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard that. <laughs> but then I drove the Chevy to the levee, and whoo, let me Ooh, tell you. Gosh, hey. yeah. Um, yeah, it was you dry. Know, I don't really have... Any other notes? Do you have any other notes, Dave, that we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, I, I don't know. Just one thing I thought about was like, um, I, I mean, this doesn't really matter, but I just want everybody to remember that the Star Wars Cantina Band plays a genre <laughs> of music called jizz. Mm. Jizz. Yes. <laughs> it's important that we all remember that every day. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why like that needs to be said again, but I think it does. I've when when Disney just announced all the new fucking Star Wars things, I was like, where is the like traveling band show? I think yeah. that would be so funny. Like And you the know, name below, of it is Lower Decks Jizz. Lower all Decks caps. or Lower Deckers or whatever, the the CBS Oh yeah, the Star, Star Trek, Trek cartoon Ken Burns Jizz. Like, <laughs> why why aren't they doing a comedy show? They're doing like 50 Star Wars shows. Surely the fanboys will be like, "Okay, fine. They're also doing a comedy one and I just won't watch it." Like Yeah. Do I a wish jizz show. That's all I'm do saying. Do a jizz show. So here's what I want. I want the um Cantina Bands jizz it. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> just just like a 1 hour uh-huh. a 1 hour just like concert yeah. of jizzing baby. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening, for, everyone. So, <laughs> welcome to GI Hard. Uh, for our listeners who oh, don't God. like the the dirty stuff, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we should put some content. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. So anyway, so should we rate this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that we've been recording for so, like almost two hours. Just because I gotta get it in there first, my unit of measure is gonna be long days. Okay, great, 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 great. <laughs> uh, I think my unit of measure is gonna be. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know what? Mine, mine's gonna be long tails. Long uh-huh. tails. Um, I'm I'm sort of confused about this measurement system, but I'm gonna mirror <laughs> Mike and say mm-hmm. mine is actually gonna be Long Day by Matchbox Twenty, which came out the same <laughs> year as um, uh, the the Counting Crows song uh, "Angel of Silences," which inspired uh-huh. Spin Around. So Long Day uh-huh. by Matchbox Great. Twenty. So we all picked along, and that's good. Great. Um, I, I like I said, there's um, there's enough that makes this not Star Wars, of course, but it has a trio heroes. They are the underdogs. They fight the big bad guy. It's basically science fiction, um, and anti corporation. Um, and because of all of those pluses, I'm giving it five long days. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> which might be high. <laughs> it might, take, Mike. I'm not glad you. That feels high to me. Yeah, because I think you gave Rogue One five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that is why I gave it long tails because they've got long tails and ears for hats. That's and there's right. three. There's three women in the band, so I'm going to give it three long tails. That, that feels good. <laughs> Dave, um, what do you think? I I am not going to compare this to Star Wars. I am going to go back to Zombie Island. Um, <laughs> comparing to Zombie Island, um, I give it. I, I think. Well, let me count. I, I I totally lost count. They worship cats in Zombie Island. Um, yeah. They have a late '90s slash early aughts uh, alternative rock mm. soundtrack that slaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's terror. Time exactly. Again. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, also, uh, it based off a cartoon. Um, so sure. and then a Hanna think, Barbera cartoon, a Hanna Barbera cartoon. So then there was one. Oh, uh, another thing. Uh, it is best consumed if you are under the age of thirteen, which like Star Wars <laughs> totally is. Um, uh-huh. And then I had one other thing. Shit, what was the last thing I had? Uh, um, oh, obviously. Uh, again, the music totally slaps. Uh, which I think we already said. Um, I don't know. I, I'd give it. I'd give it five. Uh, Mashbook twenty long days. Yeah, <laughs> for for how wait for how Scooby Doo on Zombie Island it is. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I didn't come on here to talk about Star Wars. I came on here exclusively <laughs> for Scooby Doo Zombie Island because it is a wild. It's good chair, to see. My chair just fell down. It's good to see scale because I laughed too hard. Yes, how good. All right, to so there it? you have it, folks. It is We're a five have to out of ten. What, like conversion rate is. I know. I was like, what did we give Scooby Doo on Zombie Island? <laughs> So there you have it, folks. It is a five out of ten of how Scooby Doo on Zombie Island it is, and it's a four, <laughs> an average of yeah, four yeah, uh, for how Star Wars it is. Right. Which is boy, this oh our? It's it definitely least is scientific episode yet. Yes. Is it our longest episode yet? Maybe also yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we should wrap Even up. More so more than High School Musical, where we covered three movies, or Avatar: The Last Airbender, where we covered like three years of a television show. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we should wrap up so you can find our stuff, me and Mike's stuff in the in the description. Dave, yeah. is there anywhere you'd like people to go to yeah. look at your things? Uh, yeah, just search uh, Redick and Krupp, R-E-D-D-Y-K, uh, Krupp, 
K-R-U-P-P. Um, P-P? Anyway. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, we, we, we got some great stuff. Uh, Mike sings some stuff about his butthole. And uh, we also have a show about a nun. We also have a show about the Church of Modern Love, which actually one last thing I'm going to yes. shoehorn in here. Um, there's a song in Church of Modern Love called Savior where it has a hook that goes, Baby, you're a light, gonna shine so bright, which is actually inspired by a track off of Infinity on High produced by Babyface, uh, which also was the producer of Joseph and the Pussycats, which is I'm like a lawyer in the way I'm always trying to get you off, which is me and you sitting in a honeymoon if I woke up next to you. So if you listen to the song Savior, you'll see. And that's Fallout Boy? That's Fallout Boy from Infinity on High. Yeah. Yes. So long it's story all connected. Short. It's all connected. So everything. So okay. So what we need to do is we need to start a new podcast called How Josie the Pussycats Is It, where we take every album that's come out since 2001 mm. mm-hmm. and figure out both literally how it's connected production wise to Josie and the Pussycats, and then also how it's inspired by Josie and the Pussycats. I I do see that having a home on our Rat Race sister <laughs> network. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Movies from between like 1999 and 2000 for like that are all <laughs> that's kind of race. all i ever want to see again same actually uh okay so well wow uh <laughs> listeners good job this might be our closest a two-hour episode yet yeah. and <laughs> but it's hopefully, about time for tubby bye-bye this becomes a tradition <laughs> honestly yes but it's about time for tubby bye-bye so dave do you want to say we love you and may the fourth be with you with us <laughs> Um, I will say Sharknado, may the fourth be with you. Great, great, great. Okay, so like we always say, <laughs> we love you. And may the Sharknado 4, may the, may fourth, the fourth be with, with you. We love you. May the fourth be with you. And may the fourth be with you. We're like, uh. I was waiting for Dave to say Sharknado. Oh, sorry. Try, try it again. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. We'll, we'll get it in post. Sorry. Like, like we always say, we, we love, love you. And Sharknado four. Oh, wait. One time. One more time. One more time. One more time. Because like the thing is, it, it's like and like if you say like we love you and then I can fill it in with a Sharknado four. Okay. Great. 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 Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We and like we always say, we, we love, love you. you. And, and like Sharnado, Sharnado, sorry. Didn't she run IO? Sharnado, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip, rip, rip. Yes. Oh gosh, those dogs. Okay, okay. ready? And like, <laughs> like we always say, this is all going in the after the yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna cut out the one where we get it right and put that there, and then yeah. every, all of this will go at the end of the show. Yeah, good.